Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of TLDR Podcast. We finally have all the members of the podcast back tonight. Alex has been MIA for the last two episodes, but I promise you guys, it was for a good reason. We'll talk about that in a bit, but first, let's check in with the guys. Tyler, how are you doing, man? How was your weekend? Great weekend. Uh, took the girlfriend on a weekend trip for her birthday to Solvang. Had a lot of fun, a lot of good wine tasting. Uh, so it was, a, it was a good weekend. Busy, but happy to be back. Lots of sports going on right now. Gotta love it. Eric, you finally moved out of your house and you're like a real adult now. How was that? I mean, kind of, but uh, it was good. Uh, you and Trayden should play Snappa together every time because you both threw it backwards and on the roof. So that was that was a good highlight. I blame the heat, dude. The Miami the heat. Fact that Trayden was on the team. <laughs> it was pretty hot. <laughs> Trayden, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm actually watching baseball, which is kind of crazy. Hey, yo. Um, obviously, watching the, the football games. It's all good stuff, man. Um, I mean, I can't complain. And finally, Alex, you want to tell the audience why you're MIA for the last two weeks? Yeah, that's my bad, boys. I had some uh, big things going on. Uh, I did get engaged to be married. Like a real, Like an adult. I think. Hey, oh. Uh, yeah, so I've been, I've been kind of busy, but I'll be back for the foreseeable future unless, you know, something else happens. Who knows? <laughs> crazy, All right. that, crazy times, you know? <laughs> that is some super exciting news. Congratulations, Alex, thank once you. again. Um, I just want to take a quick second here to thank our fans. The last two episodes we've had had the most listens yet. So thank you to everyone and everybody listening. And let's keep growing. We love doing this. We love talking about sports. So, I mean, tell your friends. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, share our stuff on social media. Whatever you guys are comfortable with, we're comfortable with. We appreciate anything and everything that you guys do. Okay, now moving on to the podcast. We're going to take a quick break first, but when we return, we're going to hear all about baseball playoffs. Welcome back. Fun fact for everybody listening, other than this last weekend, Tyler's just been sitting on his couch and hasn't moved and just been consuming an inordinate amount of base or of hot dogs and beer while watching every second of baseball playoffs. Tyler, why don't you tell you know us all it. about it? It's been fantastic. Uh, last, it was either Wednesday or Thursday, there was eight uh, playoff games, which is the most we've ever had in baseball, which was this crazy wild card round. Woke up at 9 a.m., got a uh, cup of coffee, drinking that. Middle of the day, had a kombucha, finished it off with a beer towards the end of the day. It was fantastic. Also, so many hot dogs. So many hot dogs. So many hot dogs, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I've been baseball central. We had two days without baseball over the weekend, uh, so that was a little lame, but we picked things back up yesterday. We're back in the full swing of things today. It's been awesome. So, uh, real quick recap from the wild card round. Super crazy. Uh, first time in history that we've had these, this 16 team uh, tournament, uh, best of three first round. Um, only two series went to game three uh, the A's and the White Sox. A's came up victorious in that one. The Padres and Cardinals went to game three. Padres won that one. Um, all the rest of them were two game sweeps. Um, an interesting fact seven teams from both the AL Central and the NL Central made the postseason. All of them lost in the first round. So there are no more central division teams left, all east and west coast teams. 
Um, of all the performances in the first round, the one that I think surprised me the most was the, the Minnesota Twins. They were horrible. That was probably that one was of the probably. worst um, performances I've seen in a postseason from a team that's that good. They literally ran, fielded, pitched, and hit their way out of the postseason against the Astros. Um, horrible performance for the Twins. you got to feel shitty if you're a Twins fan right now. Also, you, you, you let the Astros move on. Like, what, what are you guys doing? Um, so we Jane's but, take was so off, by the way. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into more of that in a minute. Uh, we ended up with all interdivision matchups for the division series, which is super cool. A lot of history between all the teams that are playing right now, so that's a really interesting part of it. Um, and we're now entering the bubble for MLB playoffs. Uh, four bubbles currently right now. Um, and all the opposing teams, which have some bad blood with each other, are all staying in, in, the, in the same hotel. So it's a little interesting. Um, so moving on. So who we got right now? We're going to start off in the American League, the division series, best of five round. Uh, we have the Oakland A's and the Houston Astros squaring off at Dodger Stadium. Um, the A's won seven of five during the regular season. Currently, this series is 2 nothing Astros. The Astros won again today. Uh, it kind of looks like they have their mojo back, which is a little scary. Um, but James, I'm going to throw it to you first. Uh, the A's are down 2-0. All season long, they've kind of shown that they've been able to come back in games. But can they come back and win three straight against the Houston Astros to win this series? That's going to be a tough one, man. Uh, big time tough one. They, their bullpen, which is an elite bullpen, really needs to step up right now. And they got to figure out a way to stop George Springer. That dude has been going off the last two games. He had, what, two home runs this last game? Some crazy like that. Mm-hmm. They got to limit the amount of runs scored overall. They've given up 10 runs and five runs for a team that normally gives up 3.7 per game. And right now, there's typically they outscore teams. That's why they have a winning record, obviously. But right, it's not working right now. And they got to figure that out. I think this is where you, meet, like, you really, really miss Matt Chapman in this point right now because that leadership isn't there. They have nobody to bring him out of the slumps and he, they need to figure out a way to do that now. So they got to rely on some of the vets and they got to do it quick. 100%. Traden, you uh, last, last week on the podcast, you said the Astros really had no shot at being the Twins. Uh, here they are uh, up to nothing against the Astros. I mean, I know no one on this podcast likes the Astros, which is good, but – uh, look at this Astros team right now. It looks like they're playing super hot. George Springer uh, is leading that team on offense. Is there any way that they collapse and lose this series, or do you see them moving on to the championship series? No, I mean, I'd be pretty shocked if, if they dropped, you know, I guess they have, what do they have to drop the next three? It's best of five. So, um, I mean, I, I, I just don't see that. Um, I mean, you look at the way the Astros have played. I mean, they dominated game – the bullpen dominated game one, which is actually kind of weird because it actually made up for their starting pitcher's pretty poor performance. Um, and they were, what, middle of the pack lot during the regular season. So if, if, you're, if you can dominate – if you can have your bullpen dominate a game and steal like, – I mean, you can say they stole that game, um, you know, and then they just continue on to, to win game two. Um, I, I, I don't know how you can, I, I don't know how they can stop. I don't know how they can get beat. Yeah. Maybe they'll, they'll lose game three, but I, I just don't think that they'll be able to, to, to give up three games. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Cause we obviously know reason why myself and a lot of you guys here, like do not like the Astros at all. 
Um, and the fact that they're playing at Dodger Stadium and might win another playoff series at Dodger Stadium hurts us Dodger fans even more. It's just salt on the wound right now. Um, but yeah, I don't see the uh, Astros losing three straight the way they're playing. They haven't lost the game yet so far. And like, like you said, trading their, their bullpen is stepping up. Their, their starting pitching hasn't really gone deep into games. And their bullpen, which we mentioned last week, which we thought was going to be their weakness, has been their ultimate strength so far. Um, and George Springer is being George Springer, which is a really, really scary thing for opponent for opposing pitchers. So unfortunately, I'm seeing the Astros moving on to the championship series. Uh, who will they play? So the other team, the other matchup going on right now in San Diego uh, is the Tampa Bay Rays against the New York Yankees. Uh, currently, the Yankees are up one nothing. They're playing right now. They're in the bottom of the seventh. The Rays are up seven to four in that game. So hopefully the Rays will tie that series up. This to me is the biggest coin flip of any of the series in, in the division round. Um, I had a really difficult time kind of making my pick on who's going to win this series. Another great um, series with a, with a lot of history. Um, earlier this year, there were bean balls being thrown. Uh, the Rays manager called out the, the Yankees manager saying that Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager was just, a poor manager teaching them just really dirty tactics. Um, this is a classic, you know, David and Goliath type of matchup. Tampa Bay Rays, a really small market team against the, you know, New York Yankees, which everyone knows is one of the, you know, most historic franchises in all of sports. Uh, the New York payroll, three times larger than Tampa Bay. Um, so it's a great, great matchup here. Interdivision, uh, a lot of people had the Yankees as the preseason favorites to win the World Series. The Rays uh, completely dominated. They won eight of 10 regular season matchups against the Yankees. So Alex, I want to ask you, uh, you picked the Rays to win the division, which they did. So I think you were kind of seeing this team as a contender all season long from the, from the beginning. Um, so they're down one nothing, but they're up in this game right now. Do you see them taking the series from the Yankees? Uh, for the Rays, it all comes down to if they can shorten the games. So they have the big three-headed monster of Tyler Glasnow, Blake Snell, and Charlie Morton. And then that bullpen is probably the best bullpen in baseball. Everyone in there throws like 95 plus. Um, they all have crazy movement. Um, you know, all they really, it all comes down to, can they shorten the games to get it? You know, pretty much they just need five innings out of their starters and their bullpen can do the rest. And then just keeping the Yankees in the yard. When Yankees hit homers, they typically win games. If they can keep them in the park, you know, Petco has kind of changed. It's not that hitter-friendly or a pitcher-friendly park it used to be. It's a little more 50-50 now. Um, so I, I can definitely see the Rays coming back and, you know, possibly winning tonight and then uh, winning all the way through. Um, you know, just as a reminder, there's no off days in between any of these games. Um, and I think that helps teams that have deep pitching staffs because they can rotate through their guys a little bit easier um, than teams that are maybe a little more – you know, struggling with their depth on that pitching side. For sure. And, and as, far, as far as the, the Yankees are concerned, they're coming in swinging super hot. They hit a ton of home, run, home runs against the Indians in the first round, and they kind of continued that in uh, last night's game one. Giancarlo Stanton has now five home runs this, or four home runs this postseason. Um, so he – five. Thank you, Alex. Uh, and he's just absolutely murdering baseballs. The last one he hit went like 460 feet, like upper – it was unbelievable. Um, so, Eric, you know, y Yankees took game one, of uh, a Garrett Cole pitch game. Um, after that, I think their pitching lacks a little bit against this race staff. But do you see the Yankees moving on to the championship series? Um, I, th I think they, they pull it off, but I think it goes the full distance in this series. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth battle. 
Um, ever since you gave them that TLDR bump, they're just swinging the bats. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, you mentioned Garrett Cole. They pay this guy a nine-year, $324 million contract, so he needs to do well. Um, in other words, I think he will. Usually that guy shows up in the playoffs. Guys like Aaron Judge, Voigt, and LeMahieu, or LeMahieu, that guy, he, I mean, since I'm a biased Angels fan, he reminds me of like a David Fletcher or just a, a leadoff hitter that always gets the, the rally started for them. And it's, he seemed to do that last night. Uh, and Mike Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, whatever you want to call him, the guy is slugging balls right now out of the park. Hit a grand slam in the ninth inning last night. Uh, hit another one today. They're currently losing right now, but they're within a close distance. I think they're losing 7-4. Um, the bats can be dangerous with these Yankees. The Rays pitchers on the other side, they're pretty solid. It's going to be a straight duel of that. But how weird is it being in, like, the same hotel? Like, these didn't um, Chapman, like, throw at some guy's head this year on the Rays? Yeah. Like, and they've you're mentioned – walking down the hall to get – getting milk for your fruit loops or something and you're just chatting and walking by uh yeah last yeah, hour whoever you know it's just that's weird. gotta be a super weird moment i think during the game all these teams are very focused on winning focused on winning but obviously yeah you're at the hotel you run into the guy that threw your head like what do you even do in that situation that's it's a very i would love for them to have just cameras set up in the hotel rooms and it'd be like big brother type of action we can just check in on, on what's going on that'd be great um but yeah as far as this series goes the rays gotta win this game they're up by three runs. Their bullpen's pretty solid. So, but like, like you said, this Yankees lineup right now is mashing. So they can break out at any inning at any moment against any pitcher. So hopefully the Rays close out this game too. And if they do, I think they will go on to, to win this series. All right, moving on to the National League. Uh, we have our NL East uh, matchup here between the Marlins and Braves. Uh, the Braves won game one this morning. Um, kind of a, a little comeback win today. Um, they, so they're leading the series one nothing. Uh, the Braves won six out of ten regular season matchups this season, and this team's got some bad blood going on too. Uh, kind of throwing it back a little bit to two years ago, the main culprit on this Braves team that's been getting a lot of shit is Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, two years ago against the Marlins, he was coming in super hot. He hit, I think he had he had eight home runs the last eight games. Hit two home runs against them the night before. Then he got beaned. Uh, led to two bench-clearing brawls. Acuna uh, got, got knocked out of the game because of the injury. Um, so it created a lot of bad blood with those teams two years ago. Going into this season, uh, the same pitcher that hit Acuna two years ago hit him again. Um, so that created a little bit more scuffles. And then today in game one, Acuna got hit again today after hitting a leadoff home run. So in his second at-bat, he got beamed again, um, which had a little – there's a little bit of a stare down. There wasn't a whole, like, bench-clearing incident, but there's definitely some words being said, some – some, you know, kind of bad blood boiling. Um, the pitcher who had thrown the ball um, after the game mentioned that if Acuna wants to fight, that, that he'll fight. Um, so there's clearly some, some tension be between these two teams. Um, for me, the Braves are a better team on paper. Um, but as we mentioned before, the Marlins have never lost a playoff series in their history. And they continue that streak. Um, I think this will be a closer series than I think some people think. But... Um, throwing it to Eric um why do you think the Marlins will come back and win this series after losing game one today uh well I think you kind of gave them a TLDR bump when we first went over baseball this year when you just said how bad they're going to be they just ended up proving you wrong being a solid team all season uh 
I mean, I, I have this written down as if it was yesterday. So they would be coming off of four days of rest. <laughs> um, but they aren't anymore. Uh, this pitcher, Sixto Sanchez, he did pitch his dick off uh, in that first series against uh, the the Red. Who the fuck? Did, whoever they fucking played. Cubs. Cubs. What? Cubs, Cubs, Cubs. Um, six strikeouts, only allowed four hits. Um, but I said it on the last podcast, the Marlins are two for two of winning World Series titles. They're only two times making the playoffs. Uh, the third time's a charm, even though they've already done it twice. And they've been scoring four and a half runs per game this season. I ho- hope you think that's just enough to get by the Braves, but it didn't seem to be the case today. For sure. James, why do you see the Braves taking this series? Uh, well, first off, I just wanted to say that I'm pretty sure Ronald Cooney Jr. will beat the shit out of Sandy Alcantara, whatever the guy's name is. Ronald Cooney's a dog. He's going to beat – you'll beat anybody in a fight unless you're Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor, who probably loses those two. Um, secondly, they need to do – like, they need to do well for the city of Atlanta. The Falcons suck. They're a terrible team. So, for the city of Atlanta, for the pride of Atlanta, they got to do well. And, I mean, honestly, the, the offense of the Braves is ridiculous, man. They have a stacked lineup from head to toe. Uh, their catcher just hit a bomb today. Travis Darnod, I think no. his name is. I <laughs> know. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there was a D in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, I watch a lot of baseball. That's a trick. Um, but other than that, looking at stats, though, like, they had the highest opens during the season. They had the second highest home runs against – the Dod- or behind the Dodgers. They had the second amount of runs scored behind the Dodgers. They're an offensive team, and they're gonna, I think that'll take them pretty far. And I mean, just as long as their pitching keeps up. Didn't look too good today. Um, their starting pitcher, Fried, Freed, Freed, had 70 pitches in the, in the fourth inning or so. He got pulled after that. But I mean, if you can just sit back, relax, just throw some pitches, get some outs, and then rely on Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, Marcelo Zuna, like you're just all man, you're chilling. Yeah, this, this this Braves team is just all out a better team. I, I can, you know, the I didn't think the Marlins would make it past the Cubs, but I mean the Cubs compared to the Braves are nothing like the Braves. The Cubs are, you know, a little bit getting a little bit up, up there in age. They were just underperforming all season. Uh, this Braves team is younger. It's way more talented up and down, pitching and hitting. Um, for me in a five game series, I don't see any way that the that Miami is gonna move on. But like I said, I've counted them out all year long, not even making the playoffs, and they're here in the division series. So we'll see what happens. All right, moving on to the final division series matchup. We got the Padres and Dodgers, an NL West matchup for the ages uh, taking place in Arlington, Texas. Uh, the Dodgers won 6 of 10 during the regular season. Uh, this team also has a little bit of chirping and, ba- and bad blood, not quite as crazy as some of the other matchups here. Um, but Trent Grisham, uh, earlier in the, in the season, hit a home run off Clayton Kershaw to, to, to tie the game late. As he was riding third base, was barking at the Dodgers dugout. Dodgers dugout barked back. Uh, there's been a couple little, you know, words uh, spilling between Tatis and Dodgers players as, as, as well this season. So there, there's definitely a little bit here. Also, Dodgers fans and Padres fans hate each other. Um, we are not friends. Um, Dodgers or Dodger fans like to call Petco Park Dodger Stadium South because most of the time when the, the, the Dodgers are playing there, there's more Dodger fans than Padres fans. Um, but the Padres, hey, they're a really good team this year. They deserve to be in this division series right now. It should be a great series we're going to look at here. 
Um, so trading, you've been hyped on that Padres uh, bandwagon all season. Fernando Tatis is your guy. He had a few huge home runs in that in, in that wild card round. Uh, bat flipping and, and everything. Super exciting player. Uh, this team's a little banged up with starting pitching. Clevenger exited the game today after only an inning and a third. Um, so do you still see the Padres taking this series from the Los Angeles Dodgers? Um, honestly, I, 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 might, I, would, I would bet yes. Um, and here's why. Um, I think that, you know, well, I, I, I was going to talk about how, you know, having Mike Clevenger back is going to be a game changer. It really hadn't been. That was a little early, right? Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I mean, they're up one zero, so that's good. So you, you, you didn't give up any runs yet, which, which is a good thing always. Um, I look at the stats and, you know, this season um, against, uh, against righties, Padres ranked fifth. Um, with a three or a point three four seven OBA, um, and ranked eleventh against lefties. So I mean they're not fantastic, but they are. But they they did lead the MLB with fifty five stolen bases. So obviously they boast power, they boast speed. That's something that they kind of you know hang their hats on, I guess. Um, and I think that that explosive Padres offense is going to be what they need to to beat the Dodgers. Um, now with that said they were the second best offensive team in the league behind the team that they're playing. So it's tough to say that they're going to be able to out, out offend their team or their, uh, their opponent. Um, but I would say they have a more than capable bullpen. I think they have a potential for an upset. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that it's a, that it's going to be for sure, but I think that there's a bigger potential of an upset than, you know, if you were playing any other team. For sure. Uh, Alex, my fellow Dodger fan on this podcast, uh, every year, Alex and I, for, for postseason for Dodgers, we drink the same beer for all postseason games. Uh, this year we decided on Sierra Nevada. Uh, so we're both drinking it right now during this game one matchup. Uh, we're, we're drinking it for the, for the wild card series. So Alex, I gave you the Dodgers. Uh, down, down one nothing right now, but it's early. It's only the, the, the fourth inning. Game one here. Uh, why are the Dodgers going to beat the Padres in the series? Yeah, so first off, Sierra Nevada, not a sponsor, but feel free <laughs> to be if you would like to. Yep. Uh, we will definitely not say no to that. Yep. Um, you know, trading the Padres offense is very good, but, you know, you look at run differential, oh, the Dodgers are better. You look at home runs, the Dodgers are better. And then you switch to the pitching side. Dodgers had the best ERA in baseball. They had the best. Best whip and had the best opponent average in baseball. They're the first team since like a 40s Cardinals team to lead the league in homers and ERA. They're the first team since the 1924 Pirates to have a 700 plus winning percentage. The Dodgers are dirty, <laughs> but I am very scared of the Padres. They are a very good team. They're very talented. Uh, Tatis, I mean Tatis, right, Traden? <laughs> uh, <laughs> bringing that back to episode whatever that was um, they are very good I do think the Dodgers depth is going to be kind of what changes the series here um, especially with that Clev injury uh, Denelson Lamette is also not on the roster um, you know if a Dodgers starter has kind of an off day they have other uh, pitchers that they can throw could kind of fill in some of those middle innings and I'm already really worried about the Padres. They had to use all – they had to use nine different pitchers in that game three win against the Cardinals. Um, and now, you know, uh, Clev only goes one one plus inning. They're going to have to use that bullpen up and just, you know, again, with no 
uh, right between their off days. There's going to be a lot. It's all about the depth, and I think the Dodgers' depth uh, will ultimately prevail in this series. It is kind of a bummer that the way the bracket worked out that these guys are only going to play a five-game series because um, they were obviously the two best teams in the National League, and I think everyone would have loved to see them play in a, you know, a seven-game series. Um, but I just think the overall depth, um, you know, one of those guys, Mookie, Cody, Max, JT, Will Smith, Corey Seager can just carry the team. Um, and, you know, that top, that top like four guys for the Padres is really good, but then it does kind of fall off a little bit. Um, but this is easily, I think, the most exciting series of the DSs for sure. Yeah, and uh, one more thing. We, everybody on this podcast knows that the Dodgers will choke. Why not just choke now and then it's over? Then you can that get over. True. That you is know? true. I did say to someone earlier today, Save I'm money ready on for them to hurt me again, okay? Save I'm money good. on beer and you're not crying as much. <laughs> ready. I'm all prepared. Uh, we, we do have vintage Kirsch. That was a 13 strikeout game. He looks real good. He does. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Dodgers choking the playoffs is definitely a common theme. Um, it's 2020 though, and a lot of things that were common are no longer common anymore. So I'm hoping that that continues with the Dodgers as well. Uh, Alex, I agree with you. I would love to see this this these two teams play in a seven game series. Um, but I think we're all hoping that they would face off at some point this season. They were both playing super great, so it should be a super exciting, super great series. Um, so that concludes the uh, division series update here for Major League Baseball. Um, we'll probably have all these series wrapped up by the next time we do our next podcast, so we'll know who the final four teams are. Hopefully the, the Dodgers are one of them. Let's go Dodgers. James, that, that's all I got. Thank you for that, Tyler. Informative as always. We're going to take another quick break and hear from our sponsors, but when we return, Egg is going to tell us all about the best sports records around it. Welcome back. Who believes records aren't meant to be broken? Apparently Eric does, and he's going to tell us all about some of the best and most unbreakable sports records to date. Yes, James. Uh, I'm going to give you five of the top all-time records and stats that I think are the greatest of all time, the GOAT stats. Uh, Number five, Mike Tyson, youngest world heavyweight champion of all time. He was 20 years old. And he's the only boxer to ever defend the heavyweight title. So he's 3-0, and challenged by another boxer as being a championship. I mean, a champion. <laughs> uh, that's fucking insane. And he is Mike Tyson. He's hilarious. He's a comedian. He's got an adult swim show. He's got all this other shit. Number four, Mike Trout, the quickest player to 200 home runs and 200 stolen bases at age 28. My age, you know what that means? I'm probably a piece of shit because I didn't do that at my age. I haven't done anything that ever will amount to that at my age. Uh, me and him are different guys, but uh, yeah. Number three, Michael Jordan. Um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. He's got the most NBA Finals MVP awards, uh, six of them. And he is 100% successful in every championship that he's ever played for. In other words, six out of six math in the finals. Um, Number two, Wayne O'Gretzky trading, the great one. He has the most records in all of hockey 
Like there's just a fucking giant list of them and I will not read all of them. Probably not many of them at all, but one that did stick out to me, most playoff points ever, uh, 382 points, 122 goals, 260 assists. Uh, the most goals ever at 894 and the most points ever by the center position, 2,856. And of course, my number one, it has to be golf because it's Tiger Woods and he's tied for the most PGA tournament wins of all time, 82, of 82 PGA tournament wins. And he is only two major wins away from being tied for the most with Jack Nicholas at 20 of them. I think he will reach that. Wow. I hope he wins three more majors. Um, but of course I pick golf as the number one trade-in. What are your uh, top records you would, that you would say are most important? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I'm going to dig a little bit more into my favorite one is Wayne Gretzky notches 2,857 um, career points. And the craziest part of that, that stat is you could take away the goals from that stat and he still has the most points by a long shot which is absolutely incredible. So um, he, he, he was one of a kind. Um, and I don't think anybody is going to come close to eclipsing that. Um, the Montreal Canadiens win five straight cups between the years 1955 to 1960. I, I, it, 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 it's crazy for us to think that the Pittsburgh Penguins even, um, even went back to back a few years ago. Um, and now, I mean, they're trading, trading away their Stanley Cup you know, champion goaltender. So it, it, to win five straight cups, to win two straight cups is incredible, but to win five, I think you'll never see that again. Um, going back to this crazy playoff, um, we're going to talk about the longest NHL game ever between the Detroit Red Wings and the Montreal Maroons back in, I think it was like 1936. Um, lasted 116 minutes and 30 seconds of overtime for a final score of one to zero. What a boring ass game. <laughs> Red Wings won and went on to sweep that series. Um, um, Ichiro Suzuki hits 262 hits in 2004. I mean, that, that seems, I don't know. I'm not a huge baseball guy. That seems insane. Um, he will, I don't know. It's a record, dude. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but he wasn't really known for as much power as he was his speed. So he would, you know, he kept it in, um, kept, you know, kept his feet moving and, and, um, and I think that that's, that's kind of baseball I'd love to see, you know, come back again. Um, and one of my favorites, the most decorated Olympian of, is Michael Phelps at 238. He has 10 more medals than the next greatest Olympian. Guys, to me, and I know he's never going to swim for us again, but th this guy was dominant. Oh, and by the way, right, um, three medals. But by the way, five of those medals were not gold which means the rest were gold medals, which is absolutely incredible. So he is, he, he will go down as the best Olympian to ever live. I mean, I don't know if anybody can come close to that. So those are my favorites right there. I, I figured there'd be a lot of hockey in there. Um, <laughs> James, tell me, about, tell me about your, uh, your best stats of all time. I'm going to go five to one, just like you. Uh, coming in at number five, I have Wilt Chamberlain putting up 100 points in one game and getting 55 rebounds in another game. Those numbers are insane. Like, they're really hard to get even in a video game. So the fact that he did that in real life is crazy. Kobe came close with 81 a couple years back. RIP Kobe. Uh, and then the highest rebound total this century was 31 by Kevin Love in 2010. That was just this century. Like, nobody rebounds anymore. 
it's like not something that's viewed as glamorous. And to be honest, Will Chamberlain was way taller than again, so it was a little easier for him to get those points and those rebounds. So, I mean, that's his facts there. Number four, Bill Russell has 11 championships. That's a, and that's a crazy amount. 11 is ridiculous. There's just no more dominant teams like that anymore. Teams are going to be battling back and forth. Gonna, you can get a three-peat, maybe a four-peat, but the fact that you can get 11 is crazy. Number three, Brett Favre throws 336 interceptions. That's a lot of interceptions. Even, I mean, like, as long as you're not Mitch Trubisky or something, like, you'll be okay. Uh, I mean, with the new rules against the defense, where like, the defense can't be that physical, it's harder to get those interceptions. And the quarterbacks now are getting a little bit more accurate, more mobile to the fact that they can get, they can buy some time and throw it to where they want to throw it. So, less interceptions. Number two, the Miami Dolphins win a Super Bowl while having an undefeated record. The Patriots came close, going undefeated and winning it all. Incredible. It's insane. The fact the Dolphins did seeing their team out is crazy. Uh, but that's a lot of history there. Uh, every single week, anybody can win. And we see that on a week-to-week basis. So the fact that they did that is incredible. And number one, Barry Bonds gets walked 688 times. You just don't see that nowadays because there's a lot more protection. People can hit better. You put Mike Trout next to Anthony Rendon, you're not going to walk Mike Trout. And then you got to pitch some Anthony Rendon. That's crazy. So you're just not going to see those numbers anymore. And those are my top five. I'm shocked you didn't have more football. but I try to be inclusive, man. Yeah. Sports. Uh, Tyler, sports. what are the five sports stats that you think are the GOAT stats? Yeah. Uh, I love looking at stats and records. I think it's awesome. Uh, I think records are meant to be broken. But there's a few that I think that I just don't know if they ever will. And I'm going to start off with a few baseball ones off the bat, of course. Uh, my first one is uh, Ty Cobb, who has a career batting average of 367, uh, which is crazy. Um, only twice since 1990 has a player hit better than 367 for one season. And that was Nomar Garcia Parra in 2000 and Ichiro in 2004, who each hit 372. Other than that, no one's hit higher than that. And of course, if you know how averages work, you have to hit a little bit higher than that to get you know, an average. Hashtag math. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Just in case you guys didn't <laughs> That's know. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the only modern-day player who is in the top 20 all-time in batting average is Tony Gwynn, who is at 14th at 338. Uh, so looking at all those numbers and just seeing how baseball is, especially now, it's very like – it's like home runs, walks, strikeouts. It's, it, the averages aren't nearly what they used to be. You don't see those guys hitting very high. You get a couple of them, like a – DJ LeMahieu or Charlie Blackman or Jose Altuve, hashtag cheater, on those lists. But other than that, you don't see guys hitting much higher than 320 very often. It's, 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 it's pretty rare. So to have a career batting average of 367, I think is crazy. Uh, my next um, stat is uh, Johnny Vandermeer threw back-to-back no-hitters way back in like the 20s or something which is insane. Like, I think even there's a lot of great pitching nowadays, but to do that in back-to-back games and back-to-back starts, I don't know if that will, will ever happen again. That's an amazing feat. Um, my next stat, doing a different sport this round, uh, Wilt Chamberlain averaging 50.4 points during his 1961-62 season. Is an, and again, it's the, I think the averages is so impressive because it just shows you how consistent you can be so great for so long. And averaging 50 points for an entire season is absolutely insane to me. 
I think, you know, the, the best players in the NBA today probably at like the best ones, like, you know, what, low 30s at best. Um, so that's pretty insane. Um, and then my next one is Nolan Ryan, uh, his strikeout record, his career strikeout record of 5,714 career strikeouts. The next closest to that mark is Randy Johnson, who has 900 strikeouts less. Trey, this, this kind of reminds you of the Wayne Gretzky kind of goals type of record. Just he's so far ahead of everyone else. Just he was just the absolute greatest at striking people out. I just don't see anyone doing that ever again. Um, just so you know, if someone were to break this record, a pitcher would have to would have to strike out 285 batters for a season for 20 years, which is crazy. Like 285, you see that every once in a while. Like you know, uh, Max Scherzer has done it, Kershaw's done it, Verlander has done it, but not for 20 seasons. For like one or two, three, maybe four seasons at best in their heights. So that's insane uh, uh, records that I don't think anyone's going to break. And my last one, which is a little interesting one, this is a hockey one for you, Traden. Uh, Mario Lemieux scored five goals in 1988 of each type, which I don't believe has ever happened. I don't think this will ever happen again. So he scored an even strength goal, a shorthanded goal, a power play goal, a penalty shot, and an empty net goal all in the same game. So Traden, correct me if I'm wrong, but those are the only types of goals you all, all all the types of goals you can score you did them all in the same game uh which i don't know if that will ever happen again it's kind of similar to hitting a cycle in baseball but you see one or two cycles every year in baseball but i don't think this will ever happen again in hockey so those are my no. five craziest stats no that's pretty crazy to even to even have to even have more than you know three goals in a game alone is insane. yeah but that specific i mean yeah it's crazy Oh, yeah, Tyler's hyped on those baseball stats. That's actually good stuff to know, though. Nolan Ryan was once an angel. I don't think he probably <laughs> broke any of those records on the Angels. But, uh, Alex, I know you got a couple mixed uh, different uh, records as well, and I know you mixed around the sports, too. If we want to hear them, what you got? Yeah, I did a little bit of everything. Um, I do have some baseball ones. Uh, so Cy Young, 749 complete games and 411 wins. The active pitcher, just to put that into perspective, is Justin Verlander. He has 26 complete games, 749 to 26. Um, and technically, if you want to say Bartolo Colon is active, which I hope he is because Bartolo Colon is the best human Big on sexy. this earth. Big sexy. has 247 wins. Uh, so nowhere close. Uh, the next one, Joe DiMaggio with this hit streak of 56 straight games. Uh, the closest one recently was Jimmy Rollins in 05-06, which is 38 games. That one's never going to be broken. Uh, I did golf just for you, Eric. Uh, Byron Nelson, whoever the figgity fuck that is, had 11 consecutive PGA Tour wins. I think it's a miracle when there's two. I mean, I understand golf is hard. I do think it's a dumb sport, but I understand it is a very tough game. But to win it a PGA Tour event 11 times in a row is insane. I mean, that's never going to happen again. I think if you you know someone wins three, it's going to be – you know, the world ended or something. Uh, going to basketball, kind of a little bit like trade-ins. Uh, the Boston Celtics won eight straight championships from 1959 to 1966, though. Um, it's not, not enough math, I don't think. Whatever. It was in the uh, early <laughs> or late 50s, early 60s. Uh, that one's a little tough, though, because there was only nine teams or eight or nine teams, like, while that streak was going on. So that one's a little, a little iffy. And then Cal Ripken Jr., with his um, with his games played streak, I mean that's one that's known all across all sports. Two thousand six hundred and thirty-two games played. 
the most recent one that was kind of long was like 300. We still have like 2,300 games to go. Um, and the fact that Cal Ripken is a Hall of Fame player, um, it just makes it even more impressive. Um, I mean, that one's, it, no one's even going to come close with man, load, you know, load management, even though it's a basketball term. It's rare to see someone play 162, you know, during a normal season. Um, so I don't, honestly, I picked all super old ones and none of these are ever going to come close to being broken, but I just think they're yeah. all amazing. Iron man, right? That's the, yeah, the yeah, just that never not playing a game in your sport. Yeah. And um, his last one was, he was just like, yeah, I'm kind of done. I'm just going to, I'm just going to call it. Like, <laughs> Could have got a thousand day. more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, shit. After you guys mentioning all those different records, I think I'm going to change my top record. <sighs> Fuck. I might have to go with the Mario Lemieux stat just of Ooh. five different style goals in one game i don't know if that will ever happen again but fuck the whole 11 pga tour championships in a row uh, that's fucking gnarly as well maybe he was uh, just I'm gonna, playing as one other guy who knows yeah <laughs> yeah maybe it was, like it was three like, guys in the pga back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe it was like in the 1800s before yeah. like you know alcohol was fucking inventing yeah Eric, I was in the I was gonna say, when it comes to that stat i mean i don't know how long like you you said I don't know how long, but you you have to admit the talent now is so vast, and you, I mean that alone is just not is going to make it impossible for that to ever be, happen, right? You don't think McDavid Mc, McNasty can do it? McDusty? No, we're talking about golf, right? The, the talent, oh, 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 I thought you were talking about the Mario Lemieux. <laughs> the talent is way too vast. I mean, there's way yeah. too good guys out there. Yeah, golf. Like Alex said, golf is actually like just some random dude that's never won a tour win championship wins one or or a, a pga tournament you know and then all of a sudden people find out about them um any any stats that you guys would change to be like your top after hearing all of those tyler i mean there was a, a lot of good ones i think my favorite one of all time is the cal Ripken games complained one um just because that is, i mean if you th in any sport if you you know obviously you can kind of condense it to you know baseball plays a lot more games than football or or hockey or basketball, but just to play consecutively without getting hurt, without needing a day off, is just unbelievable. Like it's, I think that is the most impressive. There's a lot of great stats with just you know pure performance stats wise, which which are also great. But just to be able to show up every day and play for that long is unbelievable. I, I think for me, that's my favorite record of all time um one that i don't think will ever ever be i think i can say with 100 percent certainty will never be broken some of these i think are very difficult and probably will also never be broken but that one i'm like there's no way in hell that record's ever being broken ever so that one's my favorite yeah there was a guy in hockey trading was a cogliano i think yeah. when he was on the ducks he had like 800 games in a row yeah, he went far. and he he got suspended because he hit Adrian Kempe on the Kings. Questionable hit, I must say. It was not. A, it was not. Uh, <laughs> no, he was on the Ducks, dude. Questionable it, hit. It, it, uh, was, it was totally a penalty, but to be, to be suspended. Yeah, yeah that, don't suspend him for that, because I remember it, it was like a big uh, fiasco. Uh, Traden, has your mind been changed by all of our stats? Or are you no, man. My top one has to be Wayne's. I mean, I, I will. I, I can't just take everybody's stat, but I, I it has to be Wayne's, and I'll and I don't, you know, it, it just has to be. Um, when when you have Ovechkin's, maybe the only one who could who can 
has a chance to beat his goal record, which is still – he still has to score, like, 40, 40 goals a, um, a season for the next, like, five or something crazy, which is insane. But, no, like, no one's going to come close to his assist. So, it's just it, – it's a done deal. Pack it up. Let's yeah. go. So, Alex, the golf one was your favorite, right? Or was it not? Uh, <laughs> or actually, think, what, what do you think is the best one? I think the golf one is insane. Um, I mean, it is – it's not – again, it is not, like, um, you know, a championship tournaments. It's just PGA Tour events in general. Either way, that's still very impressive. Um, just to pick one that's not one of my own, because that one actually might be my favorite. Uh, it has to be Wilt. I mean, I know he was a big, dominant guy, but the fact that it's just, like, a clean 100 – is so nice, you know, <laughs> yeah. 100 points. Boom. I fucking yeah. killed it. Uh, and Wilt Chamberlain, you know, he's a questionable kind of dude. Uh, if you kind of look into him his past, but uh, just that, I mean, no, yeah, no one's ever going to come close to that. Um, I think, you know, most recently, like Devin Booker dropped 70 a couple years ago and that's still 30 points away. And yeah. someone, you know, someone's like, Oh man, he had a 30 point game. You're like, Oh, that was a really good game. No, Wilt dropped a hundred. 100 yeah. points like it's that's insane Miami that didn't score 100 points I know exactly yeah, yeah exactly it's rare, it's, yeah teams don't score 100s half the I wonder time. wonder what the score of that game was like 120 to, 100 to 90 and like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. literally it's like all exactly 100 yeah <laughs> 190 uh James are you sticking with your guns or would you, would you change your uh, your top stat I might change it man the Cy Young stat about the complete games and the wins, that's incredible. Like you never see that's not happening. I mean, you you started it out for you. It's never gonna happen again. That's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why that's why you get a that's, cool. yeah, that's why you get an award name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tyler Tyler was hating on all the NHL uh, award names, but baseball's got a couple too, right? Uh, but <laughs> one couple, few, you know. Yeah, it's not all. Uh, of them. <laughs> yeah well that's all i got this week uh lots of stats we became big stat guys this week we have been getting better with the stats but yep that's what we do we research for you anyway thanks for that eric we're gonna take another quick break but when you return Trayden's gonna talk about sports movies that's weird <laughs> he's not talking about hockey for the first time in forever anyway see you guys in a bit <laughs> Welcome back. As you guys know, hockey finished up about a week ago, which left Trayden in uncharted waters. But Trayden's a pretty creative <laughs> guy and came up with this new topic. Best sports movies. Trayden, take it away. All right. Well, hey, like, like you said, I'm not talking about hockey, so this is going to be new for me. All right. Um, but I want to talk about uh, sports movies. I mean, I, 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 for one, love sports movies. I love a good sports movie. Um, and all the sports kind of seem to have their own... I mean, I guess it's a subjective, but there's always a great movie, you know, or a, many great movies for each of the sports. And, you know, I, I, I think it's always fun to, you know, kind of talk about them and reflect on them. So, you know, we'll start with, let's start with football. Start from the right, from the top. Um, my favorite was prop would probably have to be um, remember the Titans. I think it's just a great film. And it, it, it interestingly, it, it, it really does a great job of kind of showing a dynamic that we're actually kind of dealing with now in terms of the, in terms of the racial inequality thing. So 
I, I think that that's a very great movie to watch and, um, it, and it's, it's always a very inspirational film for me. Um, and I hadn't seen it for a while. Like I, I, I was one that's like, oh, I've never seen that movie. And everyone was just like, what the heck is wrong with you? And I finally see it. I'm like, okay, now I understand why you guys are all pissed off. <laughs> so uh, James, our football guy, what's, you know, what's your favorite? My favorite's Rudy, guys. Oh. It's a classic underdog story about some kid who just never gives up and keeps working for his dream. And it, it's a really good way to look at life because sometimes life gets you down. Whenever life gets you down, you just got to keep pushing towards it and eventually it'll pay off. It might not happen when you want it to happen and it might not happen the way you want it to happen, but it will happen and it will pay off. So just keep grinding away. And I think that's a perfect example of it. And it just kind of adds to the allure of Notre Dame and all the stories that Notre Dame is to the fact that it's based there. I mean, like it's, it's a really good reference point too, especially if you're a football player. All the coaches will talk about Rudy and how you just got to work your ass off for, for something. And that's why it's my favorite football movie. Yeah, it, that's, that's, I always love that movie. That's a great movie. Uh, what about you, uh, Alex? What do you got? Uh, I really like that. I, remember, I, I really like Remember the Titans. That one might be my favorite. And, you know, rewatching it now, like, it's pretty poignant for what's going on in the world. Um, it, you know, it's, you know, based in the 60s, I think. Uh, you know, a lot of racial issues going on then, obviously, a lot of racial issues going on now that we talked about, you know, a couple podcasts ago. Um, but, I mean, just Denzel, you know? Yeah. Oh, Denzel I Washington. That's really <laughs> all you need to say. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Eric, what's your favorite football movie, dude? Uh, mine would be The Longest Yard. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a football movie, you know, but uh, it's Adam Sandler. Who doesn't like Adam Sandler? Uh, you know, it's the prisoners versus the prison guards. It's kind of a good idea of a movie. The, and it's been on TV a lot lately. The more I watch it, the more I actually thought it was not that bad of a movie. Um, <laughs> but some, some good actors and comedians in it, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, Joey Diaz, Nick Turturro, a, a slew of, of people in that movie. Uh, more of like a comedy, but it's got football in it. Hey, I mean, comedies can still be great movies. We'll be getting to that. And uh, Tyler, rounding it off. Yo, how about how about the game plan with The Rock Johnson being the uh, Tooth Fairy? You know, oh, football yeah. player slash, <laughs> slash Tooth Fairy. No, but uh, I think my, my, my favorite football movie is Remember the Titans. Um, I remember watching that movie probably when I was like, you know, middle school, I mean, early, early high school age and just being, it just it's that classic sports movie that's just, it's so powerful that what sports can do for a for a, a person, an individual, a team, a community, I mean, it's just so so powerful. I think I cry every time I watch that movie. Um, it's just such a great one. Rudy was my second choice, James. Um, another one of my top favorite movies, not just sports movies, not football movies, but movies of all time. Um, so that was a really tough choice be, between those two. But I'm gonna go with Re Remember the Titans as my favorite football movie. All right. Well, I think, I mean, all the movies that we mentioned, although it seems like Remember the Titans is mostly everyone's favorite. So I'm glad that James and Eric had kind of a little bit of a change of pace there. Uh, let's move over to baseball. Um, boys, my favorite is by far Sandlot. Um, oh, I, I, I would throw in Moneyball there. I really love the, the, the film Moneyball, especially now. Um, it just understanding the, the, uh, you know, what happened with that A's team and that, um, and that general manager and how that whole went about. But, at the end of the day, it's the classic Sandlot. It always brings a smile to my face. Um, and it, 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 there's this, some nostalgia, you know, you know, kind of embed in that film. I mean, it, it brings us to an age where, you know, we're all, we, you know, we go, we find some big area that we just go play, you know, 
you know, different sports in. And in this case, it's baseball. And the kids are damn good. And, if and, they, and they take on a team that is, you know, all dressed in, you know, nice uniforms and an and, and organized team. And they absolutely just destroy them. And it's always just, it's just great. There's some hijinks in there. And I think it's just a great, great film for, for any fan of, of any sport. It doesn't even have to be a, it's not even really focused on the baseball you know, per se, it just happens to have baseball kind of surrounding it, which I really love. So, um, Tyler, I'll start with you since you're our baseball, you and uh, obviously Alex are our baseball guys. Yeah, there, there are so many good baseball movies. This was the hardest one for you to pick. I mean, Major League, Bull Durham are some classic ones that are never get old. A, a League of Their Own is a super great movie. Uh, Moneyball, I'm surprised, Trayden, you like that movie. I think that's a total baseball nerd movie, so I'm really happy that you uh, – I think, I think, I think it's a a great, a great one, but yeah, I got to go with the Sandlot. The Sandlot is my favorite movie of all time, period. Not just sports movie, not just basically my favorite movie of all time. I can watch that movie every single day and never get tired of it. I mean, so many great scenes in the movie. Like you mentioned that one scene with, with the, you know, douchey, you know, team with those fancy uniforms and fancy football field and the the, the trash talking, you know, you bought for apples in the toilet and you like it. All those, you know, crazy. (laughs) I mean, so many great quotes from that movie um i mean smalls i mean you're killing me smalls i mean the the, the great hambino wow. benny, benny the the jet rodriguez the beast i mean there's just so many things that i think about with that movie that i, I quote every day of my life every fourth of july comes around i think of that scene when they're playing baseball <laughs> under the light of the of the fireworks i mean it's just total nostalgia total my childhood total just everything it came out the year I was born. So, I mean, that movie to me is just a special one for me. So that baseball and of all time, The Sandlot. Oh, what about you, Alex? I mean, I do love The Sandlot, but just to, you know, change it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with The Natural. Uh, Robert Redford, one of the greatest actors of all wow. time, playing a fictional character named Roy Hobbs. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, as a kid, he plays baseball. He um, a tree outside of his house gets struck by lightning and then he makes a bat out of that tree and he uses it all, you know, growing up. He gets stabbed by some like crazed fan and has to work his way back to the majors. He comes back like 13 years later. He pretty much joins the angels, you know, like, or just like a terrible team that can't win anything and leads them to the world series, uh, hits a home run in his last at bat. The bat breaks. It hits the light tower. The lights go go all over the place um also just robert redford's an amazing actor um if you haven't seen it it's a little it's a little corny it's a little iffy because he's like 43 when it happens you're like okay it's a little unrealistic uh and robert i think and robert redford at the time was like in his 50s when he was filming it so you're like dude he looks old as fuck but it is a great it is a great baseball movie uh, you know, there's just the grouchy, the grouchy manager, just like, oh, fuck this. Like, my team sucks. Uh, but yeah, Robert Redford, The Natural, great film. Uh, I'll have to check that one out. James, what do you got? A huge fan of the League of Their Own. If you guys don't know what that is, it was based in uh, World War II. When everybody went to go to fight World War II, which left no baseball. So what they did was they drafted a bunch of women to play baseball. And I think it's a great movie that exempt, like, broke a lot of gender barriers. It came up in 1992, which is ahead of its time. You don't see, I mean, probably in the, last, in the last century, so starting in the 2000s, when we started to see more of the women breaking out, more of the women kind of like 
I can do what you you're doing, and I just I'm not worse than you. And I think this came out way before its time, and it showed people that women are equal to us. Like just because they're women, they're not inferior at all. It also exemplified a lot of the toxic max masculinity that goes on in this country and how it's not a good thing and alcoholism and whatnot. But I just it it's a good film, not just for baseball purposes, but just for life purposes as well. Um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Great movie. And Tom Hanks is one of the best actors to ever live, too. So there's no um, crying in Eric, baseball. You, and I said that quote. <laughs> Eric, what about you, bud? Jeez, how how am I gonna follow that up? Well, I'll follow it with another comedy movie. Uh, Bad News Bears. <laughs> Classical <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, where he's just that scumbag role like he is in Bad Santa. Um, there happens to be baseball in the movie. Uh, he coaches a Little League baseball team. And it is funny. There is a lot of baseball scenes in it, but it's not fully revolved around that. It's more of a comedy, but it is a remake classic. Um adult humor, content, all that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the comedy side of Bad News Bears. Okay. Well, I haven't seen that one. So I got, what's up, Ty? Real quick, I just, before we move on, I got to mention one more I'll mention that we haven't mentioned yet is Field of Dreams. Um, I think it's an amazing baseball movie, but also just a great movie in general. Um, even if you hate baseball, watch Field of Dreams. It'll, it'll get your emotions going. It's an amazing, well, a beautiful, artistically well done movie. Um, I think it won an Oscar was nominated for an Oscar, I believe. I could be wrong about that. We'll get we'll some fact checkers on that one. But it's, it's just a really, a really well-written, really great acted movie. Um, so yeah, Field of Dreams, another great baseball movie. I just wanted to throw that one in there, make sure I didn't you know, get any hate from baseball listeners who were like, you didn't say Field of Dreams? Field of Dreams. It looks, it okay. looks like it got nominated in 1990, but did not win. Okay, so nominated for, 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 <laughs> for Best Picture. So there you go. Oh. Well, I mean, nominated as a sports movie, it's pretty hard. So yeah, we, that's that's a big accomplishment. Um, there you go. Well, let's move on. Let's uh, let, let's take it to the hoops. Uh, basketball. My favorite is, and there's a, there's a few good ones. I'm an Airbud fan. I mean, that's a classic. <laughs> but my favorite would have to be Space Jam. I mean, I I think Space Jam is just fantastic. Um, it always brings a smile to my face. Everything much like Sandlot. Um, had that cartoony, you know. A half animated type thing which is really cool and how how michael was kind of like interacting with the with the looney tunes it was pretty cool um and it was really interesting is hearing about how he kind of did it in the middle like he did it in the middle of the season or something like i i, I saw it during his documentary he was talking about it but it, it's pretty interesting how that kind of whole went down he kind of got some break from all the craziness that the that the series or the season was giving him so um We'll start with Eric since he's our basketball dude, kind of. Um, <laughs> he works for a basketball team. What's your favorite basketball I'm, movie? I'm pretty terrible at the sport of basketball. Yeah, it's okay. Me too. I'd have to agree with you probably and say Space Jam is a classic. Um, you know, it's one of those movies like when I saw it a lot as a kid, how Tyler would compare Sandlot. Um, I have to rewatch though. I haven't seen it for a while. I couldn't recite every line like Tyler does. But uh, – <laughs> My other movie that I had, uh, White Men Can't Jump. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. With Woody Harrelson and Wesley yeah. Snipes. They're like street ball hustlers. Um, and Woody's on the run because he's got a gambling problem. Um, and it's just a, a movie where they just kind of swindle people on, on the court. And, and, of course, in the very end, he gets the alley-oop dunk from Wesley Snipes, who said, White Men Can't Jump, and he proves it wrong. 
But yeah, spoiler alert. I'd have to, yeah. Oh yeah, I guess I should have said spoiler alert. Oh, that's a that's a great one. Um, yeah. Uh, what about Alex? What you got? Uh, I do love Space Jam. Um, I might go with Hoosiers. Uh, you know, Gene Hackman back in the day, the story of a little, you know, Indiana town. Um, I believe, you know, uh, and now, you know, the state of Indiana is known for that. You know, it's kind of their nickname in general. Um, you know, Indiana has turned into a great basketball program. Uh, Hoosiers is like an all-time classic basketball movie. Um, you know, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's amazing. Um, it's definitely kind of hard to watch at some points. Um, there's some pretty, like, touchy subjects that go on in there. Um, but Hoosiers is a great film. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty high, highly rated on IMDb. I noticed that today. Um, James, what do you got? I'm a big Coach Carter fan. As you guys can tell from all my movies, they're very inspirational, very motivational, very much a life kind of movie. Uh, this is a movie about Samuel L. Jackson. It's a true story, by the way. It's not about Samuel L. Jackson, but Samuel L. Jackson is the main actor who goes and coaches a team of gangsters, goons, as you could say. Um, he uses his hard-ass mentality rules, and he essentially becomes a father figure for, and a mentor for all these young men and leads them on to winning, but then first and foremost on how to be a man and how to be somebody who is a part of society and cares about the world, not just basketball, or else cares about school and grades. Um, yeah, it's a really great movie. <laughs> well, we needed someone to be serious with this whole uh, topic, so glad we have you. Uh, Tyler. Yeah, Trey, you and I are in the same wavelength. We've picked every favorite movie so far. Space Jam is my favorite basketball movie of all time. Uh, just, and I mean, a class, a classic movie. It's funny. It's, it's, it's just great. Michael Jordan, of course, you know, the, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Um, I'm also, but as an honorable, honorable mention to that, one of my favorite ones is the kid was like Mike, uh, was it little Bow Wow? Uh, yeah, little, he, little Bow Wow. <laughs> little Bow Wow gets his hands on a, a pair of old Michael Jordan sneakers and, you know, all of a sudden gets his powers to play basketball. He's like a 10 year old kid and like makes the NBA and like starts, you know, playing basketball with all these, these, these NBA players. Great movie. Um, so I think those two are probably my favorite. I, I actually haven't seen that one, so I better, I better go uh, see That's that one. That's a good one. Um, all right, we're going to round it off with my favorite sport, hockey. No surprise, my favorite, and there, there will be a couple honorable mentions, but my favorite is absolutely Miracle. Um, Miracle is an absolutely amazing film not just as a hockey movie, but as an, as, from an American his, historical perspective as well. Um, that movie, that film basically, um, you know, shows the 1980, um, you know, NHL, or I'm sorry, uh, Olympic team, a bunch of ragtag college kids that got, that were brought together by one coach and led to beat the Soviet Union in, in the semifinal game of the, of the 1980 Olympics. And that was, I mean, it's such an inspiration as a hockey fan, but it's also an inspiration as a, as an American to an extent, because at that time we were in the middle of, uh, um, you know, that the arm, the cold war with, um, with, uh, with the Soviet union. And it kind of takes place during that time period. And there was a lot of, a lot of crazy things happening in the world at that time. And for, for one night, you know, a, a group of college kids brought, you know, the nation together and brought some inspiration to the, to the nation where we were in, 
not the greatest point or point in our uh, in our history. So I thought that that's a pretty pretty incredible movie. Um, and then I have to give uh, give my honorable mentions to um, the original Slapshot. I mean, it's great. It's a, it's a classic film. And um, Goon, which is kind of like the new age um, Slapshot in my end, in my period, uh, in my, in my, in, in my words. So uh, we'll start with James. Hey guys, I'm going to lie to you. I haven't seen a lot of hockey movies, <laughs> but I have seen Goon and I've seen that one time. And from what I remember, it was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, like the guy gets into a lot of fights and, um, yeah, that's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> James, James, what's great about that film is the 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 hockey is one thing. It's like whatever. It's the locker room culture is exactly how it is in real life. That is that is a hockey locker room. So it it's, it means that, that movie is a great reflection of what it's like in a in a hockey locker room. And that's why uh, I chose Eric, that movie. <laughs> Eric, what do you got? Uh, I actually also have Goon. Um, the total epitome of the NHL fourth line mutant role. Uh, and it's Stifler is the main character. Uh, and it's, yeah, the, he's just exactly what you would describe as a goon. He's like a teddy bear with a fistful of steel. And he's a bouncer in the movie. Ends up becoming the goon. I feel like I keep spoiling these movies, so I won't spoil the movie for you if you ever decide to watch it. But isn't there like a real actual story? Uh, yeah of a guy that was like a bouncer at a bar and became a goon in, in the NHL. I believe so. I, mean, I believe for the that Ducks, right? A little bit of a is it for the Ducks? Yeah, um, I don't yeah. know. I think it was the Ducks. But yeah, goon. Probably did. They're a bunch of goons. Um, Alex, what do you got? I mean, I can't believe this movie has been mentioned yet, but the Mighty Ducks. Y- yeah. Quack. Yeah. Quack. 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 Uh, <laughs> I honestly also love goon. Um, that was going to be my pick. And then you guys kept talking. So I was like, fuck, okay, I'm going to pick something else. Um, Mighty Ducks is great. I mean, the yeah. hockey in it is pretty terrible to be, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, it is a kid's movie. They are kids. Um, but watching it, it's like, if you have, know anything about hockey, you're like, this is pretty bad. But, you know, it's a, it's a fun little movie. You know, if you're scrolling through the TV and the Mighty Ducks pops up, no. No one's ever gonna be like, "Oh no, I hate that!" Like, let's not watch the Mighty Ducks. No, that, that's a classic. It's a it's a good it's a good little hockey film. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, Tyler, what about you? Yeah, uh, Miracle again. Trey and you and I were four for four today. Um, yeah, one of one of the, one of the greatest like pump up motivational speeches. Like, this is your moment. Go out there and take it. Is like that gives me chills every single time. Everything. Uh, fun fact: um, our uh, I think James and Eric, you guys. I don't know if Dr. B, our program director at Chapman, the night before we took our BOC, which is like the certification exam, sent us a link to that video to pump us up for the uh, test. Um, and I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, that that speech that it, by, on its own, I think, makes that the best hockey movie ever. Um, like like you, you mentioned, Trey, like it's just such an amazing true story. I wish I was alive and around to appreciate that moment in 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 real time. But thankfully, we we had that movie to you know let us kind of live in that moment. Goon is also great. That's probably one of one of my favorites. And then Mighty Ducks too to kind of round up my my top three. That was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. The Flying V quack love it well i mean it, it really is great um but to, to round out my segment i'm gonna go around the horn and ask everyone what their favorite sports movie is overall it does not have to be any of the four major sports it could just be whatever your favorite sports movie is 
I'm going to say Miracle. Um, rest in peace, Kurt Brooks. Kurt Russell, you did a great job depicting him. And um, yeah, that, that'll forever be my favorite Ford sports movie. Let's go around the horn, starting with James. Coach Carter. Okay. Eric? Happy Gilmore. Yes, I thought you I hope you bring pitch. that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope you bring that up. Alex? Uh, cool Runnings. The oh, bobsled oh, you brought that That's up. Great movie. What a dude, what film. a hero right now. What a <laughs> film. Great it movie. Really, dude, that, that um guys, I, I have to you have to give Disney some credit. They they, they produce the best sports movies. <laughs> oh, damn Disney, man. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Airbud five, the one with the softball team. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> you're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sandlot, hands down, favorite sports movie of all time. Fair enough. Well, that was a nice change of pace, boys. Um, I hope you, hope you enjoyed the segment, um, but that, that's it for me this week. All right, solid segment, Jaden. We're going to hear from our sponsors once again, but when we return, we're talking basketball. Welcome back. All right, Alex. You got some big shoes to fill, man. Tyler kind of killed it last time we did a basketball segment, so let's see what you got. Yeah, I'm sure Tyler has did a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, I, he's a person, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I got you, buddy. Um, yeah, we're in the NBA Finals. It is, uh, it's been kind of a weird series. Uh, the fourth game just finished about 30 minutes ago or so. Uh, the Lakers squeaked out a win to uh, be up 3-1 in the series. It was a 102-96 final. Uh, this was probably the most competitive game, I would say. Um, you know, games, games one and two, the Lakers kind of blew them out. Um, the Heat are dealing with a lot of uh, injury issues. Goran Dragic uh, tore his plantar fasciitis, I believe. I'm going to – you guys, uh, ATs over there, can kind of explain that to the viewers. Uh, Bam Adebayo. Uh, who's probably been uh, one of the better players in these playoffs so far, has a neck issue. He did come back for game four here, and he had a pretty good game. Um, we'll start with you, Ty. Uh, as our resident Lakers fan, you got your little little quarter zip going on or whatever you got wearing right there, yep. going off that purple and gold. Uh, it's now up 3-1. Uh, you have to expect the Heat to come back and be really aggressive in game five. Uh, which will be on Thursday night. Uh, what do the Lakers need to do to continue um, and finish this thing out in five games? Yeah, I mean, obviously with games one, two, and four, I think it, it's led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, if these guys can play up to their standards even, they're going to win this series, I think, in five. Um, I, I believe that, you know, game three was a little bit kind of an off game for both of those guys. Um, but this Lakers team, I think, is super razor-focused. I think LeBron James leading that team. He's been to so many finals. He's seen every kind of scenario, you know, up 3-1, down 3-1, you know, being swept. You know, he, he mentally is so locked in that I think that there's just no way that the Heat can win this series after being down 3-1 or even down 2-0, honestly. The Lakers have not lost back-to-back games in the finals yet. So even if the Heat win – the next game, which they might because I think this Heat team's a great team. They're a great competitor. Um, but I just think this Lakers team is just mentally so focused with LeBron James. Uh, Anthony Davis is playing out of his mind. 
Um, I think Rajon Rondo is a huge, uh, I think, third wheel to that. And I think he's playing some of his best basketball he has in a very, very long time. So for me, I think this Lakers team is as long as I think I think as long as they're mentally locked in, they're going to win this series. I don't know if it'll be in five or in six, but I think it'll be one of those two. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, speaking about LeBron and locked in, he was tweeting out the other night that he couldn't sleep because he was so focused on the grind and so focused on moving forward. Um, and it, you know, it kind of feels like with the, you know, with Kobe passing that it really feels like this should be the Lakers year. You know, this first time they've made the playoffs in a long time. Um, you know, first time they've been in the finals since 2010 when Kobe was a part of that team. Um, it does really feel like it's kind of like the Lakers destiny to win sort of like how uh, I mentioned, I thought it was the lightning's destiny to win. Um, I know I missed the last couple pods, but they obviously did win. Um, I'm, you know, I know we talked about that uh, on the ones before, um, but switching sides to Miami James, uh, you know, this would have been a totally different question if Miami had pulled this one out and it was a two, two series instead of a three, one series. Uh, first off, now that it is three, one, is there any realistic possibility that the heat come back and win this? And if they do, what do they need to do to accomplish that? I think Kevin Garnett said it best when he beat the Lakers in 2008 or 2007, I think it was. Anything is possible. There's always a possibility that he come back and they take this. It's bad. It's like, unless you're talking to Eric and Eric says basketball is rigged with it. It could be. And the Lakers win it all. But the fact of the matter is you have to show up day in and day out, perform your best and give it your all in order to win. And even then that might not be enough. Sometimes luck plays a part in that too. So there's a chance that the Heat come back and take this. That being said, we see we need Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero to keep cooking. When Jimmy Butler goes off for more than 30 points, the Heat typically do well. And we saw this against the Milwaukee Bucks, who I think match up pretty well against the Lakers. So if they can take down the Bucks, theoretically, they can take down the Lakers. That being said, they don't have all their pieces. Right now, they're missing... Going Dragic, it's he's gonna be he's a long shot to come back playing without a plantar fascia. You can't really plant off that foot or run at all. Um, don't need to do <laughs> so that. So it's gonna be a long ball. shot. Uh, Bam came back and he played really well last night, but he's still not 100. So having to go up against Anthony Davis all the time, it's gonna hurt him. Um, eventually, he's gonna be worn down to the point that he can't produce as well as he wants to, which is gonna be a detriment for the Heat, which means they have put in Myers Leonard who is just not as good as Bam is. So that's unfortunate. But, man, that's the, that's the key here. If the ball rolls the right way, they just have a shot. But Jimmy has, Jimmy has to keep playing. Yeah, uh, Jimmy is obviously the leader of that franchise, um, you know, and he's the best player. He's, you know, been known uh, on some other teams as kind of being an asshole, uh, but he sort of fits with this Miami vibe and this kind of, scrappy team that they've got down there in South Florida. Um, you're, you're 100% right, James. If Jimmy plays well and drops more than 30 and Bam can be that secondary scorer that he can be and he, you know, he needs to be um, a, just a monster on the defensive end. I mean, Anthony Davis is kind of like Giannis where he's pretty much unguardable in most situations. Um, but just like in that Buck series, Bam, you know, was – a monster against Giannis. He needs to continue to be a monster against Anthony Davis, which is what happened in game three. AD was not as aggressive uh, 
offensive side, he had a bunch of foul trouble, and the Miami Heat uh, won game three. Um, Eric, I'm not going to make you talk about the Lakers. I'm not going to ask you to do that. Uh, but as, you know, kind of falling off of James, being um, focusing on the Heat, who is kind of an unheralded MVP? Who needs to step up to kind of continue pushing them uh, to try to, you know, make the series continue on? Someone, you know, I mean, someone's not Jimmy or Bam or somebody that we already talked about. I would have to go with Andre Iguodala. They got this guy at the deadline. He was, uh, I believe, sitting on his couch when he was under the contract of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, in the past, when he was on the Warriors, shut down LeBron in the NBA Finals. It was only like one, one series, but he, he made it happen. He got the job done. Um, I know he's a little bit older. He's been battling some injuries throughout his career. Um, he's in later years of his career. But if, if he steps up and can play some of his lockdown defense on LeBron and get him a little frustrated, you know, Anthony Davis is going to make his shots, but then all of a sudden the Lakers are going to have to rely on guys like Danny Green to make more than one three a game or Kuzma to do anything. Um, but the guys like Caruso and, and they have – they got the Lakers got some depth – just tough to see the heat that they're even they needed to win tonight they didn't and it's over it'll probably be over in five yeah um i agree with you um iggy is probably the um you know and maybe like um crowder could be another guy that you could talk about that is i mean again lebron is a little bit unguardable you know just like someone like Kawhi or Giannis or ad um but they those the defensive end of miami like they need to stand up to the rushes and the fast break of the Lakers. And if they do, they definitely have a shot. Uh, Trading, same question, though. You know, it can't be LeBron. It can't be AD. Who's someone that, you know, the Lakers need to be that maybe third score, um, someone to have kind of a big game to finish this out in five? Yeah, um, mine would have to be Rondo. Um, the first, I mean, in his first three games, and I don't know the, the advanced stats for the fourth game. They're not out yet on basketball reference. Um, but thank God for basketball reference. Um, but in the first three games, he comes off the bench, you know, playing over 20, playing around 25 minutes on average, um, rounding up for game one. And he scored double digit points in games one and two. His production was down in game three. Um, but he, and the rest of the bench had a positive, has a, had a positive plus minus in a game where he played his most minutes. So it kind of shows that, you know, he, he's doing a great job you know, on both sides of the ball and he's putting up points when he's coming off the bench to put up double digit points when you're just playing 25 minutes, you know, when you're also sharing the floor with, with AD and LeBron, that's pretty, it's pretty impressive. And to me, you know, those stats kind of stand out for a bench player. And, you know, if, if you have a guy that can come on and play those 25, 29 minutes a night in relief of your big guys and put up points Oh, and by the way, and today he shared the floor with AD for 24 minutes and the Lakers had 117 offensive rating and 80.4 defensive rating and were plus 18 on the box score. I mean, that, those are stats that just show that you are a valuable player to the team. And when, so when you're on the, when you're on the floor, Oh, and, but you could also, you know, point to his leadership as a, you know, as an older guy, as he's just great leader, you know, on, you know, in the locker room as well. So I think he's kind of your unheralded MVP. I mean, he's, he, 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 if he continues to win it, he, he's doing and, you know, let LeBron and AD do their thing. I, I, I don't see how they drop game five, you know? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Rondo is, um, you know, a future Hall of Famer. His time, you know, he did play in New Orleans with AD before, so they have had some chemistry um, in a previous stop. Um, it's really, for me, it's uh, Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, um, KCP, all the three-point shooters. If, if they're hitting shots, um, the Lakers are – it's really hard to beat them. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Jess Martin. Uh, happy birthday, Jessica. Also, apparently, she's on this podcast mess- messaging us saying that the Rays did beat the Yankees 7-5. <laughs> uh, so that's good to know. Um, and then real quick, I'm just going to go around just yes or no. Is this series over in uh, Thursday night with Game 5, uh, James? Yes or no? Yes. Eric? Yeah, it's over. It, sh- it should have been a sweep. So Trading? Yeah, yes. it should have been a sweep. I- I- yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it seems like we're all in consensus. We all think it's over. Um, Miami Heat had a great season. The Lakers had a great season. Um, you know, I'll be watching it. Um, but that's what, that's what we got for the NBA. Same thing. I'm going to have to start coming up with uh, other topics to talk about because the season's going to be over by the time we record the next podcast. You could talk about right, well, uh, beer. You went with all alcohol. You could, you could that is true. We could get into the whole beer thing. You should send us beer. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for that, Alex. That. Solid effort on that one. But who had the better basketball segment? Tyler or Alex? I'll oh, let Tyler you decide. <laughs> you know how you can do that, though? Go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and write a review on who was the best and why. All right, guys, that just about wraps up episode 16. We hope you enjoyed it because we enjoyed making it. We all have, we hope you all have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.